If you've followed me for any amount of time, you know how much I love a good productivity resource, especially when that resource is designed specifically for us as assistants. Office Otter integrates your messaging apps and email to capture tasks, then helps you streamline your workflow by allowing you to prioritize and rank them. In addition to these benefits, you can also create recurring tasks, turn a task into a task template, quantify and pull reports of all your work, how awesome is that, and so much more. The best part is you can sign up for free. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and get started. Welcome to the Whole Assistant Podcast. I'm your host, Annie Kroner. I'm an assistant who's passionate about our profession, and I'm also a certified coach who's invested in your success. You've come to the right place if you want to know what it looks like to stand in your power and achieve success as an assistant free from overwhelm and burnout. Now, on to today's episode. Hello. So today I'm going to be sharing the single greatest mistake that we tend to make when it comes to setting boundaries. And this is a mistake that I have certainly made. I know many of my clients have made a similar mistake or misstep. And that mistake is overstepping or ignoring or somehow violating your own boundaries. So I'm going to kind of break down what this looks like, but first I just kind of want to review what a boundary is for the sake of this podcast episode. If you've listened to my podcast for any amount of time, this con this, this concept won't be unfamiliar to you, but if you're new to the podcast, I do just kind of want to give a few guidelines as to what I define boundaries are. So boundaries are simply parameters you set around your time, energy, and personhood. Boundaries you set around your time, energy, and personhood. And honestly, I think a lot of us have a lot of misgivings about boundaries, and we conflate it in our head to be something really confrontational. But I just want to offer that boundaries are less about confrontation and more about how you're deciding to show up for yourself every single day and with every interaction. So you train others on how you want to be treated with every interaction. This is important, especially in the context of this specific episode. It's other people's job to test the boundary. I just want us all to get really clear on that. It's other people's job to test the boundary. And I first heard about this like concept of testing the boundary and it's other people's job to test the boundary when I read Cloud and Townsend's book on boundaries for kids. I love all the Cloud and Townsend books around boundaries, so check those out as well if you want more resources regarding boundaries. But the one about kids, about how to set good boundaries with your kids, just really resonated with me as a good guideline and tool for how we can set boundaries with everyone. So it's other people's job to test the boundary and the boundary isn't established until it's been held. So those two key elements are going to be really important for this specific episode is other people's job to test the boundary and the boundary isn't actually established until it's been held. So why is it that we tend to slip up on our boundaries? Why is it that we violate our own boundaries? Well, a lot of us just want to avoid conflict. We just don't like telling people no. We just don't want anybody to push back. And so what ends up happening is we just give in in the moment that we're asked to do something that may violate a boundary. So for example, um, if you have set the boundary for yourself that you 
aren't going to stay past a certain time at the office and you've had the conversation with your executive, like when I'm done with my day, my intention is to just be done with my day. Especially if you haven't been done with your day in the past and you've, you've worked past your normal allotted time for working and whatnot. Um, just getting really clear on that boundary for yourself. Like when the day is done, I'm going to shut off the computer and be done. And the reason for this particular boundary may be that you just want to like rest and relax and rejuvenate after a long day of work. It may be that you're just noticing work creep in a bit more and you just want to set that parameter for yourself. Uh, A lot of us are still working from home or in a hybrid situation, so it can be really easy to just work a little longer, stay a little later, do more, do more work, right? So in this, in this case, like if your executive approaches you and asks you to do something or a colleague approaches you and asks you to do something and it's a very last minute, you could always draw the line. Like I, we already had this discussion. I'm not going to work past this time can this wait for tomorrow or can you do part of this and then I can pick up tomorrow, whatever the case may be. How can you navigate and negotiate that boundary? But what ends up happening is we don't want to have that conversation in the moment with our executive or have that conversation in the moment with our coworker. So then we tend to overstep our boundary. We tend to just be like, we tend to just dismiss it and to just do the thing because in that moment, it's actually easier than holding that boundary. But the boundary isn't actually established until it's been held, like I said before. So what ends up happening when we do that, when we do the thing in the moment because we want to avoid the conflict or we want to people please, is that we're saying that our boundary actually isn't our boundary. The boundary that we set for ourselves in all actuality isn't the boundary that we're holding, so therefore the boundary is not really established. So you can see how this this can be problematic. <laughs> so why we tend to do this again is we tend to avoid conflict. We want to avoid conflict. We tend to people please. Another reason why we violate our own boundaries is we don't want to experience the discomfort of actually holding the boundary. Like it can be uncomfortable to be like, oh no, actually, as I mentioned before, I'm done at five. I'm done at six or 6.30 or whenever that is. And kind of another reason why we we can tend to violate the boundary is we tend to get a dopamine hit when we complete tasks. So what this cycle can look like is we're working away, we're asked to do a task that is outside the purview that we've wanted to set a healthy boundary around, that we feel like we have spoken out the boundary out loud, or we've we've communicated the boundary, or we've just even established it for ourselves. And then, um, and then we're asked to do the thing that we said we wouldn't do. And Then we do the thing and then that violates our boundary. And then we also get a dopamine hit because we just took care of the thing. Instead of actually thinking more strategically about the tasks on our list, instead of actually prioritizing the thing where it should land on on the list of priorities, we just want to do the thing to get it off our plate without without it even landing in our task list because we just like because we just have such anxiety about it. And then we get like the pleasure of the dopamine hit when we take care of that task, right? So it's kind of the cycle I see a lot with executive assistants and myself as well. It's like, we don't want to do the thing. And then we don't want to have the conversation about not doing the thing. And then we get the dopamine hit when we do the thing. So it's just kind of like this vicious cycle, right? 
And what this communicates, again, is that your boundary isn't in fact your boundary. And this can result in a lot of confusion for others, first of all. So what you're communicating and what you're saying are two different things, or what you're communicating and what you're actually doing are two different things. So that just can be confusing for others. And it can also result in kind of resentment for you, right? Like if we're people-pleasing, which is basically making other people happy at our own expense, which is what happens when we tend to violate our boundaries, is like when we tend to set aside our boundary to make someone else happy, that's people-pleasing. And then what? And then we feel resentful either because we had to do the thing that we didn't want to do. I'm using had in air quotes there. Like we had to or we decided to do the thing that we didn't want to do. Or we get frustrated and resentful that other people aren't people-pleasing us. Other people aren't catering to us or trying to make us happy all the time. So then that can also land you in that resentment land. So those two things are not great for anyone. Confusion for others and resentment for you is not the result that we want, right? So in order to get the result we want, we actually have to honor our boundaries. So how do we honor our boundaries when there are all these demands on us and when we maybe discredit our boundaries as being less important than somebody else's priority, right? Well, the first strategy for honoring your boundary is to do the internal work. Setting external boundaries starts with doing internal work. Now, the internal work I'm talking about is actually like looking at why is it that I feel the need to make everyone else around me happy all the time? Why is it that I really want to establish this boundary but I'm having such a hard time with it. Why Why is it exactly? And once you can figure out and pinpoint why it is exactly that you don't want to hold the boundary, if it's a discomfort in holding the boundary that we, that we have, is it the dopamine hit when we complete tasks? Is it that we're just conflict avoidant? Is it just that we want to make other people around us happy at all costs? Like why is it that we are having a hard time holding that boundary? We really need to get clear because it's going to be hard to actually address the issue if we aren't actually clear on what the issue is. So setting the external boundary starts with doing internal work. And you guys, this is a process. Like this isn't something that just happens overnight. Have grace for yourself when you miss the mark. And then also like being solutions oriented is also a really great thing too. Like I'm not saying that we aren't solutions oriented for someone. What I am saying is that if you, if you set the boundary for yourself that you're not going to do something, then you can totally hold that boundary, have grace for yourself and be solutions oriented for the other person. And I like to think of boundaries as like being really malleable too, right? Like for example, when my executive would ask me to do certain tasks that I just, I felt were better suited to be handled by someone else, then I would, I would tell him occasionally, like, I'd be like, oh, you know, actually, I think so-and-so should be handling that. (laughs) Or if it, if he was in a bind and so, and the other person couldn't handle it, and I was really the only option, I would say, okay, I will do this for you this once. But remember, we talked about this moving forward. So-and-so needs to handle this task. So Just reminding them of the boundary that you set for yourself and of how you like to work and how you like to interact with other people is a great way of like being malleable with a boundary, but still holding it for yourself, right? 
still voicing that I'm going to give this, this is the one exception to this rule. (laughs) Uh, I see this a lot when like we onboard new people in our working environment and we may handle a couple tasks for them at the beginning and then they come to expect that of us right? But you don't have the bandwidth to take on a whole other person. You weren't hired to support that person. And so instead of actually like handling the task or scheduling the appointment or whatever the case may be, you can always circle back to him and be like, look, I don't have the bandwidth to fully support you in this. I will do this. I will do this for you this one time. But then moving forward, my expectation is that you're going to be managing your own calendar. You're going to be managing this thing that you've asked for help with. And then you give them the resources to do that right? Like you don't go and do it for them. You actually provide them with resources. So those are a couple of strategies that I've used when it comes to holding the boundary, especially when we're, when we're having like this internal dialogue and there's this discomfort level with holding the boundary. Um, those are a couple strategies that I've used in the past that I've had success with. And then the next time the person loops back, you can just be, you can just outright tell the person, you know, in the case of, of the colleague who was asking for help and, um, you've helped them a couple times. You can always just say, "I don't have the bandwidth for that currently." Here, here, here's what I suggest you do, and then give them marching orders, right? So that's one great way to hold the boundary. I do think that it's really good to get a clear picture of what's going on for you internally, so that you can hold that external boundary. And it's also a great way of having grace for yourself, like actually realizing that boundaries can be malleable, but they also need to be clearly defined for yourself, right? So it's just kind of a fine line to walk. Now, the other kind of, another kind of strategy for holding your boundaries is to look inward for your worth. So what ends up happening, especially as an assistant, when it's literally your job to help people and to make sure other people are taken care of in certain ways is that we tend to look for our worth outside of ourselves, And we tend to confuse our, our worth in the job force, like the value we bring to our executive and organization, for our internal worth as a human. And so what ends up happening is we end up looking externally for like the girl and good job and all the accolades there again. And when we don't get those things, we can tend to feel resentful. So if we're going to set the boundary, we're going to have to be clear on what's ours to own and what's their, the other person's to own. And what's yours to own is your thoughts, feelings, actions, which create your results. It's up to you to own your boundary. It's up to other people to test the boundary. <laughs> and so really looking inward for your worth instead of looking outward and really obsessing over what other people are thinking about you and obsessing over whether or not you're doing a good job and all of that, like that's theirs to own. Their thoughts, feelings, and actions about you are theirs to own and your thoughts, feelings, and actions about the situation and about yourself and about your self-worth and all of those pieces are yours to own. And then we also need to realize that it's not our job to make everyone happy all of the time. Now, this one is a tough one for a lot of us to accept because a lot of us really genuinely want to make sure that everyone is taken care of in their organization. But there's a difference between taking care of your job and serving the work and really like getting into your executive's brain when he has a bad day and obsessing around around whether or not you're providing enough value for him and all the things, trying to make him happy all the time. Your executive's experience of life is going to be 50-50. 
it's going to be 50% positive and 50% challenging. And that's true at home, at work, every aspect of life, right? So when we realize this and we realize that our experience of life is also going to be 50-50, that frees us up to just allow everyone to do them, to be themselves, to allow your executive to experience the 50-50 of life and to also realize that no matter how much we try, expecting him to be happy with us 100% of the time or happy with the situation or happy with whatever's going on at work 100% of the time is not a reasonable expectation. So of course we want to do a good job. Of course we want to show up and give it our all. Of course we want to think strategically for our executive. Of course we want to partner with him and make sure that we're tracking with him and view things from his vantage point and all of that. But I just want to alleviate this burden of it's up to me to make him happy all the time. Therefore, I can't have any boundaries and I just need to make sure that he's happy all the time and and I need to people please him even though it's at my detriment and I need to make sure that like he's all taken care of even though I may not be taking care of myself as a result, right? It's really not your job to make everyone happy all the time. And then also make the decision to let your boundaries stand on their own. This is a really great one. And I was actually talking about this yesterday with a client and she was just saying like, she she had, she had was approached, she was holding an event. She was approached by a colleague about something and like, and that she felt was completely unnecessary and she just told a colleague if you want to if you want to own that go ahead if you want to take that on if you want to do that be my guest I'm completely happy with you doing that I'm just not going to be the one to take that on right and it was just came so naturally it just flowed like that was just the boundary it just was what it was she wasn't going to get all dramatic about it she wasn't going to like say no you can't do that or or um, take it on herself to like run around like a chicken with her head cut off and do this last minute request and all the things She just let her boundary be. And then everyone responded as they wanted to regarding her boundary. So this other person went out and they got what they wanted to get for this this occasion and they did what they wanted to do and it was fine. It was great. She just wasn't going to take that on, right? So I think that sometimes it's just as simple as a decision to let your boundary stand on its own and let everyone else around you react to that boundary, And also like a last little note that I just want to say about boundaries. I do think that there is like this misconception around boundaries of like cutting someone out of your life and blah, blah, blah. And I want to offer up, I know this may be controversial, but I want to offer up that boundaries are more about creating a safe container for a relationship so that you can have a good relationship with someone than they are about cutting someone out. There are times in our lives where we are going to have to say goodbye to people, where we are going to have to say no, where we're going to have to cut people out of our lives. That's for sure. But that's different than setting a healthy boundary for ourselves that will facilitate good relationship, that will facilitate health in the relationship, that will facilitate like a connection that is meaningful and that will propel you forward in your career and you forward in your relationships as well, right? So I just want us all to consider how violating our own, our own boundaries affects those relationships and affects how we are showing up for those relationships and affects how we feel about people. 
Because if you're always confusing other people and you're always feeling resentment, resentment towards other people because they're violating this boundary that you set, but you hadn't actually set because you hadn't actually held the boundary yet, of course, that's, of course that's not what we want. Of course that's not what we want. What we want is to facilitate good, healthy relationships where, the, where our boundaries are very clear in order to create safety for other people when they interact with us as well. So that is what I have for you guys today. I hope you find it helpful. Be intentional, be whole. That is all for now. I help assistants apply the concepts I share on this podcast. If you're ready to take your growth deeper and you're curious whether working with me in a coaching capacity is right for you, please email me at annie at wholeassistant.com to schedule your complimentary discovery call.